The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. And we welcome in, as we do every week, every week here in the locker room, Matt Stinchcomb will join us here in the locker room. And Matt, we have a whole lot going on. We get to week seven here, and we get a situation now where the Bulldogs get a week off Personally, you've been a Georgia Bulldog. You've played in the NFL. Uh, one, if you were a player, what would be your mindset if you were Brock Bowers? And if you were in his camp, his circle, his family, what would be your opinions to tell Brock Bowers? As far as him continuing to play college football this season? Correct. Yeah. it would. Well, from my, my mentality would be it's, it wouldn't even be a consideration um, that I would be fighting to get back on the field. Um, that said, uh, you know, in today's age, I guess that seems more like a, an antiquated mindset. Um, this is tightrope surgery. I mean, this is, it's an injury that the, the whole point of the surgery is to accelerate the recovery time. Um, and to perhaps introduce a, I guess a more sturdy fix for, for that injury. It's not like high ankle sprains are new. Um, so just the, by dint of his getting the tightrope surgery period would imply that the intention is to get back out on the field. Uh, Coach Smart talked about how Brock was talking about getting the surgery. The moment they knew that it was necessary, uh, I think based on that second opinion that confirmed it, he wanted to get it done. They were able to accelerate that. I don't know why you would do any of those things if you weren't intending to get back healthy as soon as possible. It's not like this guy needs – you know, pro days and a combine for anyone to validate that he's an elite football player. So all signs point to he's trying to get back out on the field. And personally, I would have been built the same way. That's becoming more and more, I guess, uh, unique. Stinch, you got a fascinating game this week. South Carolina coming off just a devastating loss, a game that they were up 10 in the fourth quarter and couldn't get a fourth and 10 stop. And then Missouri, who just looks like all of a sudden they might be the second-best team in the SEC. How do you see this one playing out, South Carolina obviously on the road? Yeah, I think South Carolina got some things figured out during their bye week. They made a change at left guard. They bumped their center out to right tackle. And the whole idea being they just got to get some more size some more horsepower, especially in the run game, because it's just been completely vacant. They, there's just no teeth to the run game. So everything has been on the shoulders of Spencer Rattler, who you could argue has played better than just about any other quarterback in the country when you consider what he has to work with. Now, take nothing away from Xavier Leggett, who's an elite receiver, but that's it. I mean, he hasn't had protection. He hasn't had a run game. He's had to extend plays. He's had to find ways to scramble. He's a good runner, but he's not a guy that's looking to run. It's been a lot of pressure on the quarterback for South Carolina. And in the last game versus Florida, which we actually we called that game, what they were looking for was to get the ground game going enough to where play-action pass matters, to where on an early down you're actually thinking defensively, hey, you know, we might get like counter running downhill right here at us. It's not like we can just play soft and expect maybe the rush to get home, and it helps your protection. 
and it did in that game. You know, Florida's not a great negative yardage play team. Missouri is. And so we'll find out just how much those changes that South Carolina made will hold up versus what is one of the better penetrating defensive fronts in the entire conference. You said it. You know, Missouri, you know, they lose to Kansas State in like week two or three, which they easily could have and maybe even should have given the 61-yard walk-off field goal is what it took to win it. You know, that's a – they could have crumbled at that point. They could have lost to Memphis the next week and and easily could have, and they didn't. They found ways. Brady Cook's playing great football. They're probably the most balanced offense in the SEC East for sure. So it's – you know, who knows? Tennessee's acting like they want to play football again. They beat Texas A&M. That was a pretty impressive win, I think. You know, it's just a weird year. It's hard to tell. So, you know, argument could easily be made Missouri's the second-best team in the East right now. Do you have any idea when the last time Tennessee won at Alabama? I don't. When was that? I don't either. <laughs> I thought you were going to surprise that coming. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know that one. I mean, you, you have to reach way, way back. I mean, there's a big reason why. Tennessee has torn down their goalposts, I want to say, three times. And they have this odd tradition of tearing them down and then immediately throwing them into the river and then immediately beginning the search for the goalposts. That they <laughs> I got an answer. I got an answer. We got it. 2006. Oh, pre-saving. Wow. Yeah. I think. And what, what was the, that was the, their last, uh, what was their last division win? 07? All right. Too many questions for the, front, for the locker room. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my bad. We're not well, good at math. You got the Google machine going right now, guys. More organized, imagine. brother. Our, our friend, that's some AI stuff. That, that's, you know what? We're, we're organic intelligence, and we need our artificial intelligence for that. We were talking earlier, Stinch. Is it incumbent upon Georgia now to represent the SEC in totality when you look at uh, the SEC, big quote fingers being down this year, if they don't ride it out and win the SEC championship game, it could be the case that the SEC might not have a representative in the college football playoff. Does that sound absolutely insane, or is that a possibility? It's a possibility, but, I mean, I think that, you know, a one-loss Bama team, even though Texas losing Oklahoma doesn't obviously help their resume, that's a team that can still win their conference, um, depending on how the rest of the season unfolds for the Longhorns. So there's still two viable candidates, it looks like, that could come out of this conference. Um, So because of that, you know, maybe, you know, could you make a case for another one-loss team? You know, Missouri dropping the game versus LSU the way that they did, and how ugly of a loss does that prove to be if they run the table uh, and come out of this conference as a conference champion? Uh, You know, is that enough? I don't know. You know, Ohio State plays Penn State this week. Otherwise, when you look at the Big Ten, have, has anybody played anybody in the Big Ten? No. Nobody's watching no. their games. We know that. But <laughs> the other thing is, and the reason why they're not watching it, is that nobody's played anybody. We're halfway through the season, and an entire conference has really none of the, the more prominent teams have been tested, really. Are we going to float Notre Dame out there? I guess. But otherwise, you're just sitting there going, I, I don't know. Where's the impressive resumes from some of the other usual actors? You know, the ACC looks like they maybe could, but, you know, they're, they're begging. FSU's, you know, courting disaster. Miami has already chosen to, you know, implode. So because of that, you know, it's a, it's a Carolina FSU league. So it's just I think that there's opportunity for the SEC to survive, even if they end up with a one-loss champion. And, and so because of that, that gets outside of 
the remaining undefeated in Georgia being representative. October 2003. The 23rd, 2023 is the last time Tennessee. 2003. 2003, I'm sorry, is the last time Tennessee beat Alabama in Alabama. In five overtimes. Wow. Five overtimes. Yeah, 51 to 43. Yeah, that reaches back. What were you doing uh, in 2003? Uh, Let's see. I was playing for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. I think. Was I? Nope. I was still with the Raiders. <laughs> there you go. I was pro- I'll tell you what I was. I was probably on IR. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Pretty good chance. Pretty good chance. I had like stitches somewhere in an ice bag somewhere. <laughs> World class. I was all pro training room. That's hilarious. Well, good stuff, Stitch. We look forward to uh, some good football this week. Georgia with the week off, and we'll see what Kirby and the dogs have up their sleeves and up their collars when they get back on the football field next week. And we look forward to talking to you next week when we get that information. All right, guys. Y'all have fun today. Matt Stinchcomb, he joins us every single Thursday here in the locker room. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.